dearly beloved, we are gathered here to get through this thing called life and this podcast. Welcome to episode 29 of Kapowcast. I am Mike, joined by my partners in crime, as always, Tony Vance. Hello. And Jeff Jefferson. Hello. How are you folks today? I am well, thank you. I think I might be partially dead. <laughs> oh, no. Well, then you are a miracle to science. <laughs> science can never have my body. Good for you. Just your heart? Just my heart. <laughs> and his testicles. He actually signed that <laughs> off on his driver's license. Those ones are claimed. <laughs> uh, real quick, I'd like to send a congratulations out to our own pod father, running over at Pod Bros Podcast, John. He had his, I believe, second child? His think so. We hope Woo. so. Otherwise, this is going to be really right. awkward. We can edit it. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I'll send him a quick text. Hey, how many kids is that now? Oh, oh okay, cool. Congrats, bro. Uh, his wife gave birth, I think, this past weekend, so congrats to him. I'm sure he's got tons of stuff on his plate now with two kids. Oh, and yeah. And uh, us kids over here. And us kids over here, all at the Pod, Pod Bros Podcasting Network. Check that place out. It's tons great. of great stuff. It's like a giant mall. You just yeah. walk in, you don't know what's going to happen. You just go into a random store, and then all of a sudden you're like, wow, I like this place. Then you get chased by the security guard on the Segway. Uh-huh. <laughs> I actually saw a cop on a Segway at Southland. It was really fun. Oh, what the? yeah. Really? I yeah. took a picture of one and posted it on Facebook. I think was... I was with you. Yeah, I think that. <laughs> that a, uh, oh my God, we were together. Yeah. We hang out outside of the show from time to time when we're looking for more superhero merchandise. That's to, true. To drag kicking and screaming into your basement. <laughs> oh, we are going to be talking about the Civil War, the comic book this week, as we get ready and march towards Captain America: Civil War. Um, Whose side are you on? Gods. <laughs> Um, but real quick before we do that, as always, quick bits of news that dropped this week. Uh, first bit, we have Willem Dafoe, another Spider-Man alum, joining the cast of the Justice League movie. Hell yeah. I'm all for it. Will- Willem oh, Dafoe, he's-, he's one of those people you can kind of see him playing anybody. He's a hell of an actor, and he's a very scary looking man. He is. He looks like a weird tree monster. He does. He looks. Yeah. He looks like something that like evolved in a cave or something. <laughs> you know, just something that doesn't normally see the light of day. But um, in a like, but in a good way. He pulls it off really well. Yeah. Good for him. Hmm. Any uh, thoughts about who he could be playing? The one theory I've heard, like, as yeah, a Martian Manhunter, maybe in the human form, and he has a CG form or something. Yeah. My guess is Granny Goodness. No, <laughs> that actually would be really. That good. actually would be really awesome. I don't think you were fully committed to that, but then you said it, and then everyone's like, you know what? Actually, I would be totally okay with I that would too. That'd be pretty awesome. I think he's. I think it's been. They revealed that it would be a good guy, quote unquote. So That's oh yeah. yeah, you're right. That's true. I don't know. Then it. I was thinking. I don't know. Maybe Maxwell Lord or. I'm guessing he's not going to play someone with superpowers necessarily, but he might be. Who knows? Tony? He's going to take up the throne as Lex Luthor. Oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> he could play Lex Luthor Sr. But he's not a good guy. Not necessarily. But yeah. he, who knows? Who knows what they'll do? He would be an awesome Lex Luthor, though. I think so, too. He would look even more terrifying bald. Oh, I know. Oh, my goodness. Um, <laughs> gives me chills. <laughs> 
I'm trying to think of who he could be, like, good when it comes to good guys, because I just keep picturing villains in my head. Yeah, because Willem Dafoe, I mean, he just has one of those faces that's just, like, it plays looks also, evil. Yeah, <laughs> especially when he smiles. Like, he's, it looks like he's about to bite part of your face off or something. <laughs> like a snake, like he's going to unhinge his I jaw <laughs> and just swallow you whole. <laughs> like in that sexy dream I had. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> <laughs> Hmm. Um, we talked about it a little bit before the show. There was a list I'd found of, of six people uh, that he could be, and one of the people was Dr. T. O'Maro. Um, that'd be weird, but I I could see him, but I don't know if that's necessarily a, he's not necessarily a good guy. Yeah, so. I wouldn't imagine him being playing like an unknown character, although I guess it would be possible. But he's kind of a big name just to attach to a second stringer from a comic book. Like, More thoughts? I honestly have no idea. Yeah, well, we're all at a loss here. We're just, we're just Maybe he's playing Aquaman's dad. <laughs> Aquadad? Aquadad. That sounds like a uh, aftershave. It does. Aqua, Aquaman, Aquadad, aftershave. <laughs> I'd wear it. By Splash. DC. <laughs> Splash the ocean on your face. <laughs> we got to trademark that immediately. Yes. <laughs> Patent pending. Patent pending. Um, also this week, uh, a picture was released of Elizabeth Banks in what is going to be the Power Rangers reboot <sighs> as Rita Repulsive. Yeah. That was... She looks weird. She does. She doesn't look any... Like, I wouldn't have pictured her as Rita Repulsive at all. I really don't... Like, the color's different. The costume looks nothing like she looked on the show. I'm, they definitely went in a very different direction, but I'll, I'm reserving... There's, like... There's not even a hint... No. ...of... Like or an homage to the predecessor. It's yeah. so far like no, it's, you know, twin buns. No. Do you remember? Now we're all kind of different ages, so I don't know if we all stopped watching Power Rangers at the same time, or I still watch Power Rangers. <laughs> well, you know, like once the seasons kept changing and stuff like that. Like there was a certain point where we all kind of probably dropped off. There was a season where I might have been Turbo. Where they got a new villain and it was a woman, mm-hmm. and she had like purple hair, I think, and I don't remember her name, but that's what seeing that picture reminded me of. Like I don't know why, because there's no color similarities. It just reminded me of like okay, that just looks like another random Power Ranger villain they could have grabbed and put in one of these other upteenth billion twenty seven redos they've done with the show. How many seasons have they had of it? It's just been continuing since. Yeah, right? mm-hmm. they're they are in they're I think past like twenty. That is twenty five. Well, good for them. And only some of the Power Rangers turned out to be murderers. <laughs> and only one's dead. Yep. Well, wait, is that true? Mm, as far as I know. Um, okay, one's killed, sure one's died. As far as we know, if you have any further information on the whereabouts of the forty seven different Power Rangers out there. You heard about how that Red Ranger killed that guy, right? Yes. They... With a sword. <laughs> and then he fell down slowly and then exploded. <laughs> did it look like stock footage? It did. It was weird. It was kind of grainy, and it looked like a different guy in the suit. I don't know. <laughs> Do you think he just figured, like, yeah, it's not real? <laughs> Too much Power Rangers. Well, they did say it was dangerous because that one kid that jumped off a roof when he was playing Power Rangers or something like that in the 90s. I, that jumped, was, I jumped off a roof, but that was fine. <laughs> that was a huge thing I remember 
in the 90s uh, when Power Rangers was got really big. It was like suddenly it became like, it's too violent. <laughs> it's, you know, uh, should it's children too- even be watching this? It is like the hokiest stuff, too. And it is. Like, <laughs> you go back and watch it, you're like, I don't see how anybody could be worried about this. Unless you legitimately are hoping to hit somebody and sparks fly. <laughs> Which, I mean... That wouldn't be bitching. I'd be fighting people all the time. <laughs> with giant oversized foam swords. I guarantee I can make sparks come off of somebody. <laughs> well, we have a challenge. <laughs> I'd like to see that. Are I'm you? Just, I'm going to tie a bunch of uh, little... Uh, all those poppers. Poppers, <laughs> yeah. and I'm just going to hit somebody with it. <laughs> <laughs> are you guys... They'll both... It, then it have sparks on them and they'll fly back. That's true. <laughs> I hope so. I would like to see that. Are you guys excited or at all interested in this? Yeah, I'm revamped, excited. rebooted Power Rangers. Or do you think is it going to be like a good reboot, or is this going to be like a fall in the live action movie realm of like a Speed Racer or a Dragon Ball I, Z? I loved Speed Racer. Yeah, Speed Racer was good. <laughs> Dragon <laughs> Ball. Agree to disagree. <laughs> Dragon Ball Z, on the other hand. Oh, yeah, that was garbage. I couldn't even watch it. Yeah. Although uh, the girls who played Bulma and Chi-Chi were extremely attractive. Touche. I, I don't think I ever actually saw the Dragon Ball movie. It wasn't very good. Ernie, I, that's all I needed to hear. <laughs> Ernie Hudson's in it. Is he really? Yeah, he plays one of the monks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, that is. <laughs> <laughs> and I bet he still wasn't even on the poster. Uh, no, no. <laughs> Motherfucker can't get his day. He wasn't. <laughs> he wasn't on the poster for the crow either, was he? No. no. Fuck. Holy shit. I don't think he was on the poster for Airheads the, either. He was, he was like the one black guy in the crow. Oh wait, no. There was Tintin too. There were two black people. Fuck there. you, Tintin. <laughs> no, it wasn't Tintin. It was a uh, top down. No. Laughing. The the black guy that was like his <laughs> the main guy's right hand. Oh yeah. Man. Yeah. So there were three black people in the movie. That was Tony oh. Todd, right? Who oh, yeah, you're right. Tintin. You're right. Tintin was, yeah. Tintin was like, I forgot because he's the first one to die in that. Yep. Shocker. <laughs> it's, it's Detroit. There are three black people in all of Detroit. <laughs> um, probably like the biggest news to come out of this week is Robert Downey Jr. will be reprising his role Hoorah! of yeah. Iron Man for Spider-Man Homecoming. You also know what that means, right? That he lives. That he lives. Yeah. So we know that. I much. mean, I didn't have my doubts. I knew he was. Yeah. Alive. You never know. The cat, the movie could take place in the past. You shut your mouth. Could be a flashback. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true too. But the the way they the way they announced it, it definitely sounds like he's gonna have more of a prominent role. I don't feel like they would announce it if it was just like a, a cameo or anything like that. Um, hmm. Smart move by Marvel and Sony. I'd say. Yeah. He's uh, he's money. He's cash money. Do you think that they're relying on, okay, if people are burnt out on Spider-Man, at least maybe they'll see this because Iron Man's in it. Well, wouldn't they be afraid that they're burnt out on Iron Man, too? I think the general populace Nobody's is, burnt uh, out on Iron Man. No. What? <laughs> <laughs> I think the general populace is burnt out on Spider-Man. Well, yeah, he's had... This is going to be his third reboot since... Uh, when did the first movie come out? 2001? 2001, 2002? <laughs> I remember the trailer had the Twin Towers in it. Bottom line I is... I was in high school. Yep. It uh, It had to have been 2001, 2002. Yeah. Well, bottom line is it's not even been 20 years, and this is our third... 2002. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Yeah, I said it hasn't even been 20 years. Yeah, it's been uh, less than 15. And we're still, this is our third Spider-Man in that amount of time, and it's... Our sixth movie. Our sixth, yeah. Sixth Spider-Man movie. Oh, my God. Isn't that nuts? That's mind-boggling. And they're still, uh... And they're still making spin-offs, too, like, uh... Yeah, they still want to do, like, the Sinister Six and... And the Venom. A Venom movie. Like, yeah. Which, yeah. I wonder if they're going to go, like, the Agent Venom route. Mm. Or what? I haven't read it. Was it wasn't Agent Venom uh, Flash, Flash Thompson? Thompson? Yeah. yeah, yeah, and then uh, creepy boy Flash Thompson. Eddie Brock becomes the anti Venom, which yeah. is like the white Venom, and it looks really weird. I kind of like the suit, but I never read any of the stories involving him. I just the symbiote stories are just too convoluted. Mm-hmm. I mean, give me my Carnage and give me my Venom, and we're good. Yeah, they should have like after Lethal Protector. I just just like. Eh. You know, all of a sudden they make him like as big as the Hulk, and he's fighting the Juggernaut, and he's got nine heads. <laughs> that was the uh, Toxic or um, Venom the Madness. Yeah, that's what it was when he got all the. That was just an excuse for the artist to go nuts with it. Yeah, <laughs> just <laughs> have a field day. Yep. Did either of you read Deadpool vs Carnage? No, no. Oh, you should. Yeah. Deadpool takes down Carnage using dubstep. Um, this is a I think this is a genius move like I said by Sony to just to get put more of that Marvel stamp on this so it's like okay you're not getting uh, you're not getting the Sony version and it's been said that Marvel has like creative control over this which you'd have to think they would have to because you don't want You don't want to say, hey, Sony, okay, you can use Iron Man, and then Sony does something completely fucking stupid. Yeah. You know, you have Avi Arid over there <laughs> doing, you know, putting Iron Man in a dance number or something. <laughs> now dig on this. <laughs> Which I think he's completely out as, like, producer and stuff on that Spider-Man Good. stuff. He may be, like, a very, like, ex- like executive, executive producer or something like that, but yeah. I think that was one of Kevin Feige's big things was to get... Because I, I, I was reading this past week... Apparently, Kevin Feige and Evie Arid, going back, like, years, do not like each other. Makes sense. And, um, I don't like him either. Eat which one? Uh, Evie Arid. Yeah, that guy's... I, I've, he's part of the reason why... He's a movie executive, like, not a superhero movie executive. He's part of the reason why they, sh- you know, he was the one shoving Venom on Sam Raimi. Well, um... I mean, the fans wanted Venom in a movie. They, oh, Sandman, awesome. I mean, th- he was just going through all the 60s rogues gallery and not going... Yeah, but if you are you want this villain to be in it and the script and all that, and you're still pushing it, like, I feel like you have to know when to say when. Like, How many both Sam Raimi and him were wrong in that sense where neither one of them were budging, so then you just ended up getting this Pilot clash shit. of ideas that was thrown into a movie that just was a steaming pile of crap. Yeah. Um, I mean, that doesn't necessarily make a bad movie because sometimes when a producer clashes with a director, it's f- for the better of the film because sometimes a director will have really way out their ideas that'll be, he'll see it as, you know, artistic integrity, but the producer will be like, no one's going to like this horse shit. We need to do something about it. <laughs> but in this case, it worked in reverse. Yeah. Well, I mean... It's hard, I mean, and it's tough to say, too, because he was part of, you know, Spider-Man 1 and Spider-Man 2, which were huge successes, mm-hmm. and, and um, people love to this day. 
Yeah, I mean, like, I didn't. I personally didn't like Spider Man Two, but I'm not gonna say it was a bad movie. I just didn't like the direction they went with it. Um, I was getting even more excited for this film when I heard that Michael Keaton was in talks for a villain role, but he apparently, after shortly after the announcement of Robert Downey Jr., he dropped out. No kidding. Yeah. That must have meant, he must have saw that and went, well, my pay is going to be shit. <laughs> so, <laughs> forget this. Because I think Robert Downey Jr. got something like $40 million for Civil War. Fucking hey, How much did Chris Evans get, I wonder? Probably like 20 No, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Poor Cap, working for Peanuts. Mm-hmm. He's still on that U.S. service pay from the 1940s. <laughs> They pay him in war bonds. I was about to say, you get to cut <laughs> off those war bonds. Don't um, fool you. <laughs> so this will be, what, Robert Downey Jr.'s seventh outing as Iron Man, and then we still have him to come up in Infinity War Infinity 1 War and 2. 2. Possibly, if he doesn't die in one of them. Yeah. Always excited to see more Robert Downey Jr., and um, I'm glad to see that Disney are the ones like kind of pushing and, and keeping him on board, because... If it was up for one of the head guys over at Marvel, the head uh, gentleman, I can't remember his name. Uh, Stan Lee? No. <laughs> Stan Lee is I not I want that asshole out of the movie. <laughs> Stan Lee doesn't have I any. hate Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> Excelsior. Um, but he's like a very frugal guy, and he actually didn't originally didn't even want to pay Robert Downey Jr. the money for Civil War. It's a fuckload of money. He, uh, but... Uh, Disney was like, no, 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 no. We got the pockets. We got this. It. Yeah, we're Disney. We we own everything involved in Hollywood. I mean, hell, they own like Star Wars, Indiana yeah. Jones, um, the Muppets. Mm-hmm. They own the Muppets. I mean, they own they own ABC. They're just everything. ESPN. ESPN. Do they really? Mm-hmm. They have their fingers in all the pies. <laughs> That's yeah. yeah. <laughs> fingers in all the pies. I've never heard that. I might have mixed my metaphors. <laughs> it's okay. It still worked. Thank you. They're fingering all the pies over here. <laughs> I like it. Um, anyways, very excited for this. Very excited to see this new relationship with uh, Iron Man and Spider-Man and see what it's like in Civil War. And I wonder how it will develop. What a fantastic time to be alive. There's probably going to be a lot of quips and sarcasm. Um. Before we jump into Civil War, I wanted to get Tony's opinion on this. I just read this last night that apparently the word is that for the Green Lantern Corps movie, there's going to be three leads. Hal Jordan, Jon Stewart, and Kyle Rayner. And also, from what uh, reports are, are surfacing is... They're, they're not going to be in Justice League 1 or 2, and we're not going to see these Green Lanterns until, like, 2020. So, wait, is there going to be a Green Lantern in Justice League? No. No kidding. Nope. They're, he's one of the seven, though. Yep. <laughs> hmm. That's sad. I would like to see you. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. I don't know. I was, I was kind of curious where it was going there. <laughs> I, I, like, I, I was really hoping to see Green Lantern fight somebody, because I think he'd look really cool on screen. Done properly? Yeah. Especially in the dark atmosphere that they're going with. Uh huh. It'll brighten it up. <laughs> Brightest uh, day. Brightest day, blackest night. <laughs> what did you want my opinion on? Just what do you think about? Oh, it? Like, I think I think it's a great idea. I mean, I, me personally, I don't think that the Green Lanterns are too big to wrap your mind around. Especially like three leads. If as long as there's not like one major blockbuster like strong arm, and then two kind of big blockbuster strong arms. 
it could be easily balanced out. But like, what do you think about potentially not getting this movie until 2020 and there being no Green Lanterns? If it can be done right, I am willing to wait. What if this <clears throat> superhero bubble pops by then? Ooh, that's scary to think about. Have then to, I guess I'll just read my comic books and <laughs> <laughs> be perfectly Lan- satisfied. They'll form a Green Lantern shield all around it. 2020, that's like after, it's going to be after Infinity War. Fuck, yeah. one and two. Yeah. I don't know about you guys, but like 2020 and then like I think 2016, 2020 will be here before we even know it. That's true. Yeah. I, re- I remember when Marvel announced their big like phase Two and three lineup. Oh yeah, yeah. and like or in f- phase pants. four with like Infinity War, <laughs> Civil War, all this stuff. It's just it was like, oh my god, it seems so far away. And here we are already. Civil War is here. Yep. And uh, it's like two weeks away. <clears throat> just trying not to think about the time. I try not to think about the time. I try not to think about like, okay, 2020. I'll be this. Oh, oh god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we will be closer to forty than thirty. <laughs> I'll have six. I'll have six years left on my student loans. <laughs> so you're looking forward to that, actually. <laughs> yeah, actually, I am. We'll have to do a Kapowcast follow up on my student loans. <laughs> <laughs> no, in the year 2020, if this show somehow stops between then and now, um, do a follow up of where we are. The one of us who's still alive <laughs> after we all get into a vicious knife fight during one recording. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's gonna get impaled with a dragon dagger. <laughs> you just hear it playing inside of somebody's dead body. <laughs> All right. So let's bounce into our main topic <laughs> Captain, well, not Captain America Civil War, but Marvel's Civil War. <laughs> Huge comic event that happened back in, what was it, 2006, 2007? I think it was like 2006. Yeah. Um, well, I could tell by the ads that in this book, <laughs> there's a... Isn't Brandon Routh in there? There's a Got Milk ad <laughs> with Brandon Routh Superman. <laughs> I thought so. There's also a teaser image of uh, the Ghost Rider movie coming out. The first one? Uh, or yes, Vengeance? The first one. You deserve a second chance. <laughs> I'm going to eat some jelly beans <laughs> in a champagne glass. While wearing my wig. We'll review that one soon. Hell yeah. Um, I remember, Tony, going to the comic book store with you to pick these up. Like, this was one, this was like a huge event. This was supposed to be like. Do you remember who told us about it? Yes. <laughs> we'll just keep that between us. <laughs> um, it was God. <laughs> All right. Easy. <laughs> no. Um, so we went, and this was like. Went to Comic Rocks. Yeah, this was like our first time, like. At least for me, like, this was my first time in a while, like, jumping back in to, like, a single issue kind of surrounding. Yeah, I think that was and the picking same them up. Um, and this was, this was a huge deal. It opened a box of demons for me, though. <laughs> Literally? Yeah. <laughs> Scary. Pandora's box, which wouldn't come till a couple of years ago. The monkey's out of the bottle. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was... Very, very decisive, very uh, controversial story, and especially like when it ended, mm-hmm. there was people that liked it and people that didn't like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely have Watch two your tongue. <laughs> polarizing opinions here. Tony really liked it. Uh-huh. Jeff didn't. We'll get to their gripes. 
<laughs> um, How'd you know I had the grapes? <laughs> grapes? I know you, I know you got the grapes. <laughs> I just read it uh, for the first time in years this morning. This is the first back. time I, I've read it in probably the past five years. Um, no, Jeff, you, you, I think, have more of an overall knowledge of, like, the past past comic book stories and stuff between all three of us. Mm-hmm. Do you remember, was there, a, have there been stories before that have tackled the issue of superhero collateral damage? Like, not necessarily maybe to the scale, but have it at least addressed that, hey, this would probably be an issue if these people were running around. Yes. Um, it's happened in the Avengers before. Henry Peter Gyrick tried to make them all register with the government. Oh, I guess Watchmen also. Is yeah, kind of a, Watchmen was uh, another one. There's been I'm a issues. fucking idiot. <laughs> Don't ever say that, Michael. <laughs> Thanks. This is, besides, you're speaking as the everyman who wonders about these things. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's been tackled before. It's about like in the Avengers, um, they tried to force them to register with the government, and they're like, huh, here, as if. And then <laughs> a, a big fight broke out. Um, I wouldn't say it's a recycled story, but it's themes that uh, hit even harder. Especially, there was a lot of hot-button topics, and I mean a lot. You could put so much into this. The uh, freedom versus security, uh, you know, security checks and terrorism are huge this is on a, people's mind at this, this time. This is a post-9-11 world, oh, yeah. Yeah. too. And it did really well in tapping into that, which I liked, and at the same time, I didn't like. Because I, I do enjoy when comics take on real-life issues, but at the same time, making it the entire focus of the entire Marvel universe, or, well, outside of the cosmic Marvel, I didn't like, because when I read a superhero story, I want to do, I also want escapism, when everything is focusing on real-life issues. It's funny, because you mentioned that, because uh, when I was reading this issue, uh, they actually have, like, a checklist of all the upcoming titles that are going to be tied into it. There was over 100. Yeah. And over a hundred, you're talking like three, four bucks an issue. Yeah, <laughs> you're that looking at dropping a grand to get it these days. It's easy. That doesn't sound crazy to me. Well, I mean, that's the thing I don't like about stuff like this because huge tie-in issues are just there's things you're gonna miss, and they purpose no, they do it on purpose. Yeah, not but, technically. I mean, like if if did you read the X Men tie-in with this? That's what I'm saying. You have to read the tie-ins to get the whole. He's saying I, I like didn't, I didn't think that you had to read the X Men. Well, that's what I'm, well, yeah, but if you read between, like, I believe it was issue three and four, it just goes to the end of one comic, and all of a sudden Spider-Man's being smacked around by Iron Man, and they're having a big yeah. fight, and it doesn't explain why right. at all. That's it, but that's Spider-Man. But then, what I know, you, I, I'm, I'm saying that you can choose the tie-ins. You don't necessarily have to get every single one. Like, but I've, if, I've never read the X-Men tie-in with this. You have to, you pretty much or have to the read the tie-in. Punisher one. But let's say you're reading the single issue, like, you're seeing, reading the main Civil War run, Okay. and... You haven't read like the Spider-Man stuff, and then you turn the page, and then suddenly Spider-Man's fighting Iron Man. You could be a little lost, like as to like, okay, what the hell's going on? Why is so? Then you have to go out and you have to buy the Spider-Man stuff to figure out why Spider-Man's fighting Iron Man. Right. Like for every main character in it, pretty much Iron Man, Spider-Man, Cap to an extent, um, several others, uh, and then there's Civil War Frontline to give you a better idea. You never Frontline f- was good. Don't talk shit about Frontline. I didn't say anything. <laughs> I was just thinking I had to read it. Although I didn't like it. <laughs> I mean, no, I, I, it was okay. Um, it was just, uh, it was a, I thought it was a cash cow. It was a crap. It was something they did to squeeze in more titles into it to get the complete uh, checklist. But uh, I felt as though you, 
they could have done a better job in making it more all-inclusive. Cohesive? Thought, yeah, exactly. They purposely didn't, though, to make you have to buy the issues. It wasn't like... I mean, they're, if you read ones from, like, the big tie-ins from, like, say, the 90s, such as, like, DC One Million, or even the Crisis on Infinite Earths, or the Secret Wars, the classic ones, they didn't have, you know, checklist where, like, you had to read these to know that you don't miss huge parts of the story like you did with this. This is something that they do with all the times now, like Blackest Night. You would lose a good piece of the story if you didn't read all the times. Not all um, the times necessarily, but the big ones. I'm gonna like uh, I'm gonna, you know, walk the fence here. Walk on the fence here between the two of you because I understand where both of you are coming from. Like, because I read these this morning, and overall, I mean, it it did flow together, but as you said, Jeff, there are pieces missing. Where if you're not reading the tie-ins, you're like, like the issue with Spider-Man. Um, and there's some stuff going on with Fantastic Four mm-hmm. that you kind of, I mean, you can understand what's going on, but without reading the tie-ins, you, you lose the gravity of the situation. You lose some of the substance, if you will. Like, I got an idea of what was happening with Fantastic Four in this, but I feel like, okay, to really understand and grasp it and to really be emotionally impacted by it, I got to go back and I think I, you have to read the Fantastic Four books to understand this conflict and why Sue's so pissed off at Reed for uh, lying to her and cloning Thor and all that oh, junk. Oh, by the way, spoiler alert. Yeah, there's going to be spoilers like <laughs> to this all 10 year old comic. To this 10-year-old comic book. <laughs> the other big issue I had with the comic was characters acting out of character, at least I felt. Mm-hmm. You mean like Captain America? Captain America, for instance, Cable, um, several other characters, because you have to have them to fit into the story. The writer, there's so many characters, they can't really research each and every one of them to make sure this is how they're acting or to put enough inv- like to put enough investment into making a cohesive story with all these different characters. Now, another one I didn't get to read was uh, Bru- um, the Captain America tie-in where Brubaker was writing. Mm-hmm. Now, was Brubaker's Captain America just as on point as ever, or was it kind of weird like the main line? Um. You know, I can't remember. It's been so long. I remember really enjoying... Nope. You know what? I never read the Captain America tie-ins. I only Son started, of a bitch. I started reading at the death of the I can't. F- I can't find it. Um, I have the whole uh, Captain America run, all of Brubaker's run, so... I have like 90%... <laughs> you know, I have like funny. 90% of Brubaker's run. Uh, the Captain America run was only three issues. It oh! Was issues okay. 22, 23, and 24. Um, I wonder... But, you know, another thing that... Damn it, i got to pull out the long box. I think I might have those. Sweet. Another thing that comes to mind, like, when we were talking about, like, reading the tides and stuff like that is, when I was reading this, I was like, oh, cool, there's Cable. Uh-huh. And then he's with Cap's team, and then he walks and leaves Cap's team, and then... Immediately. You like, never yeah. see him again. Yep. Unless you read the tides. He's like, oh, Thor's here. I'm not going to fight against Thor. We'd be screwed. And I'm like, okay, so this is the guy who fights people like Strife, Apocalypse, and then Thor shows up, and he's like, oh, we're fucked. I'm just leaving. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> that was like another thing. I mean, that was kind of minor, but what? You know, it's funny. Like, and I, I think it was done by design. You know, you start reading it, and the the seeds are being planted for what's about to happen. And if you don't know anything, you would think that Captain America would be the one siding with the government, mm-hmm. and Tony Stark would be the one going against it. Like I said, I feel like that's kind of done by design. 
Mm-hmm. But it also brings up a whole thing of, okay, are these characters maybe acting a little bit out of character? Well, um, Captain America's always, well, multiple times butted head with, heads with the government in the past. And with the same issue, in fact. Mm-hmm. Um, he has always been pro-dissent. Although it's funny, because, like, the Superhero Registration Act was backed by the, the majority of the American people in the comic. Mm-hmm. So it's a really bizarre case of voice of the people versus the spirit of what makes this country free. And I'd imagine he'd be pretty conflicted in regards to that. Although they made him look... It, um, he does get pig-headed in it. Like, really yeah, pig-headed. He, they both do. Like I agree. Like, uh, reading it, like I was like... You know, I, I want to be with Cap, but, you know, he's just being so... My way or the highway. Yeah, and, and um, Iron Man, he's a little bit more... I feel like he's trying to not fight. Yeah. Like, they even have the meeting where he's he's telling them, he's like, you know, come on, I talked to S.H.I.E.L.D., you know, we'll give you one more chance, just... Well, this is after they've already resorted to violence twice. Yeah, he's like, just one more chance, let's just, you know, come with us and... You know, uh, we'll drop all the charges and everything will be fine, which is noble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but at the same time, it's it's one of those things where you have two very uh, opinionated and stubborn people not budging on any of their opinions. Well, that's the thing. Like, normally, Cap's really level-headed and uh, big on listening to reason. That was one of his character traits that was so, like, endearing, you know. And I thought the whole thing when he uh, shook Tony's hand and put the uh, shield, like... It was a something scrambler. Yeah, know, scrambler on Iron scrambler. Man's armor. I thought that was very uncharacteristic of Cap as well. He's done spy stuff. He's worked for S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> Tony, you, you've read a few more of the tie-ins, I think, than we have. Would you like to indulge us? <laughs> what do you guys want to know? <laughs> well, whatever. <laughs> Your opinion on uh, whether or not they're acting out of character. Uh, I think Cap is highly out of character. For that point in era, uh, point in time, um, but I think if I remember correctly, leading up to Civil War, um, Cap w- Cap went through some shit where he started acting out of character in Brubaker's shit, Brubaker's uh, storylines, hmm. um, which would kind of I guess explain his uh, almost like cockiness or pigheadedness in this. Then uh, obviously we know where it leads. Oh yeah, um, but. Uh, as for Stark, Stark in this time and era of the comic books, uh, he's not really acting out of character. I don't think so either. Um, I think he's probably one of the ones that is pretty on point other than like Parker um, and then uh, What's-Her-Face is the Fantastic Four. Sue Storm. Sue Storm, uh, Reed, uh, Ben. Yeah, they're all pretty in character. That's that's one I actually suggest. I and this is funny because I thought back to our Fantastic Four episode, uh, and how I said I'd never had read one that I liked, and I actually really liked the Fantastic Four tie-in for Civil War. It was a, uh, it was very fantastic. Yeah. There's a lot of <laughs> shit that goes on with the Fantastic yeah. Four during Civil War. Uh, you have uh, Johnny Storm gets hospitalized after the events that happen, which we haven't even said. But uh, real quick, briefly. What happens is there's a reality show of young heroes, and they basically go on to take on a, a group of supervillains that are way out of their league. One of them is actually uh, Namor's cousin or something. Yeah, one like of that. the heroes, yeah. 
And, you know, you find out that these villains are fighting and went with Spider-Man. One of them was went toe-to-toe with the Hulk. And you're yeah. just like, eh. <laughs> and basically, uh, there's one of the... Are you guys talking shit about Speedball now? <laughs> I used to read Speedball. One of the... Uh, I'm not surprised by that. <laughs> the villains ends up basically turning himself into Bond and basically blows up a school. Yep. So that's pretty much what you need to know that sparks this. Hundreds dead. Hundreds of Lots dead. Children and, uh, are dead. It, it sparks a lot of outrage and stuff towards the superhero community, and that's when Johnny Storm goes out, and he's, you know, being Johnny Storm, being Mr. Flashy, like, yeah. uh, tells a girl something like, uh, hey, the next, because he, he's going to get in a club, yeah. and they're letting him in above everybody, and the girl's pissed, and he's like, hey, when you save the world from Galactus, maybe uh, <laughs> we'll punch your ticket. And then, like, a bunch of guys end up getting pissed at him and hit him in the head with a bottle and beat the shit out of him. Put him in the hospital. Put him in the hospital. Pretty rough. Um, and then there's the whole conflict between Sue and Ree, which that's nothing yeah. new with them. Oh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. It hit pretty pretty heavy in this one. I mean, yeah. Sue leaves and leaves the children and leaves, like, everything behind. It wasn't just, like, Sue leaving Reed for just this little bit. Like, she left the kids. She left the team. She left everything and went underground with Cap. Well, that was after... Deadbeat the, mom. <laughs> that was after the um, death of Goliath, though. Form, yeah. Formerly yeah. known as the Black Goliath. That yeah. uh, that was strictly Reed's fault. <laughs> yeah. Whoops. Well, I guess we kind of forgot to tinker with this clone of Thor, huh? <laughs> I mean, the whole idea of a clone of Thor, like, this was... Um, after the what happened in Ragnarok, I believe. Yeah, Ragnarok and, uh, was before Civil War. It had, and Thor had been gone for the longest time. Uh-huh. So that was the reason they decided to make a clone of Thor, although it was a really bizarre thing to do, in my opinion. Uh, I feel like it was just kind of to shoehorn him in. I, yeah, it was I, to have I impact. think it was, uh, it was more that um, Cap started to get the upper hand and the science boys got a little worried. And Well, yeah, but just from like a... Like a, a, a creative standpoint. Yeah, it was just bizarre. Like, why, why create a clone of Thor instead of just making a really strong robot or something? Because <laughs> they Thor tried bot. that once already. Why? Yeah. Well, I mean, why didn't... <laughs> didn't Iron quite Man... work out for anybody, <laughs> did it? <laughs> why didn't Iron Man just have, like, five Hulkbuster armors show up? Mm-hmm. But, you know, this is just for the sake of storytelling, I realize. So I'm not going to, like, argue that point because that'd be ridiculous. <laughs> it, was, it, was a, it was weird. And definitely, like, for me, like, reading it, like, not having read, like, a whole lot of, like, current Marvel stuff prior to, you're like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was strange. Um, I don't know, like, and, it, yeah, and that clone of Thor was a dick, too, although I did like him. It's <laughs> funny, because, like, they kept on talking about, like, it was weird how many B-listers and C-listers were heavily utilized in this. Uh-huh. Yeah, because a lot of people sat out. Yeah, the X-Men yeah. were out. Um, Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange was out. Hulk. Hulk. I didn't even see Hawkeye or Black Widow. Was Hulk... This was... Well, was Hulk... This, this was, was right during, before World War Hulk. So this was during Planet They Hulk. They launch him into space yeah. because Civil War is about to happen. Oh, this was after his uh, rampage in Las Vegas. Yeah, the, the Illuminati meet up and basically say, all right, this is probably going to happen. And then they launch Hulk was, into space. Why was Black Bolt in the Illuminati? Uh, just, I think he was just part of the, 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 the whole leader aspect of another group that is off planet or. Were they off planet at the time? They went to the moon. I know that. Oh, that's right. They're on the moon at the time. Yeah. They went to the moon at Civil War. We landed on the moon! (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, so, like, no X-Men in this. Like, the X-Men are just pretty much, like, eh. They're they're under house arrest. Well, that, they've. they've, Guarded by. 
piloted Sentinels at this time. Uh-huh. They feel like they, you know, they can't really side with Stark's side because that kind of goes against everything the X-Men stand for as far as registration and all that goes. Plus, uh, they were nearly extinct at the time because of the events of House of M. Yep. Uh-huh. Yep. Um, Which was a, another big tie-in that, uh, man, that was right before that happened, too. Yeah, it was it was pretty pretty uh, pretty close by Civil War. So no X Men, no Doctor Strange, no Hulk, uh, no Black Widow and Hawkeye. I don't think I saw. I think Hawkeye's dead. Um. Well, he was Ronan shortly after. Was he? Yeah, I think he was just retired or something, or maybe uh, he came back later. I don't know. Um, so much continuity to wrap your head around. So we, I mean, but it did give the spotlight to some lesser characters that maybe wouldn't have had it. Yeah, like the Young Avengers. They were uh-huh. heavily utilized. Yeah, young Avengers were. and... Cloak uh, and Dagger. Cloak and Dagger, mm-hmm. Luke Cage. Yep. Um, Daredevil. 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 Daredevil has one of the best parts in the whole oh, his main story. Oh, when uh, the 42 facility. Yes, when he... Uh, <laughs> oh, I thought you meant his dialogue in the diner with their new disguises. That was good. <laughs> I love Cap with the mustache. <laughs> um, but he has, uh, they talk about how, you know, Daredevil's not speaking and they found a uh, silver dollar. Mm-hmm. And he said he was saving it for Tony Stark and it was the whole Judas reference. And uh-huh. really, really good uh, line by uh, Daredevil through that whole thing, which the movie will sorely miss. Yeah, sadness. It doesn't um, have to. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't have to be this way. That's the thing that's strange about the movie, like how many major characters aren't in it. But it's funny because there are major characters that weren't in the comic that will be in it. I like how um, in the main title, towards the end, Vision just randomly oh, pops yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess it could have been helpful this whole time. But... And I was like, oh. Because Vision's a heavy hitter. I, mm-hmm. I think Cap's that... team was really short and heavy. I was about to say, I think he was one of those other ones that didn't see... Um, he wasn't concerned with the whole thing because it didn't think it it pertained to him. Uh, well, his uh, his well, the wasp was involved, so was Hank Pym. So you'd think that um, I don't know, they're well, almost uh, teammates <laughs> on both sides. Uh, Vision has daddy issues. Wait, hold on, I don't understand. Well, I mean, Vision uh, had the. Uh... Oh, never mind. I think it was Scarlet Witch. That was who he was in love with. Yeah. Yeah. Wanda. Scarlet Witch was nowhere to be found as well. Was she dead at this point? She might have been. Because was in the set. Didn't you say I this think... was after House of M? Yeah. Oh, maybe. How confusing. It is. <laughs> it's funny. I'm pretty sure Vision is the only one. Nope. Vision and uh, Black Panther were both on Cap's side in the comic. Mm-hmm. And they are both on well, Black... Iron Man's side. Wait a second. No, Black Panther was not. He was in. He he was in Wakanda, he, no, but he, he comes in later. for the end yeah, of the battle. Okay, yeah. Him and Storm both uh, come into Cap's side. I never understood why Storm married Black Panther. Like I always thought that was re- yeah. I know it's really <laughs> racist writing. Like, oh, hey, <laughs> well, these characters that have pretty much never interacted. Well, they're both black. Is, was that there a tie-in? Was that a tie-in you read? Because uh, the dialogue the between one. those two is really fucking weird to read. <laughs> like, I literally was sitting there the whole time going, this is fucking awkward. It's like I'm reading, like, Barbie and Ken or something. <laughs> um, one of the big, big things that happened in Civil War happened with uh, Spider-Man. Spider-Man was a huge player in this. Yep. Um, originally, he was on Iron Man's side, 
And this is when he was rocking that oh-so-sweet Iron Spider armor. A lot of people don't agree. Which I never understood, though, why it only had, like, combining his arms and legs, it only had seven arms and legs? Yeah, he had had a weird tripod thing with the spider legs. (laughs) With three legs instead of, I don't know why there wasn't four. Maybe they just didn't want to have him, like, be too many comparisons to Dr. Octopus, maybe? It was strange. I don't know. Well, like, afterwards... Symmetrical ordeals? Like, I, I think four would look a little bit... Odd. I think three I think looks three odd. Looked odd. Really? <laughs> one, two, and then three. Like I didn't yeah, think but it looked four. Odd. I mean, it's one, one, two, How three. Many? But that's a lot of appendages. Well, yeah, out. eight like a spider. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, so Spider-Man sides with Tony Stark's side, and he ends up in the long run I, revealing his secret identity <laughs> on national TV, just being like, "Hey." I'm Peter Parker. <laughs> How you doing? Oh yeah, J. Jonah Jameson fainted when he saw uh-huh. it. <laughs> um, that's another. That's a, I think a prime example of writing without, you know, foresight for the future. Yeah. Of just like being like, that? this is cool to do, but not thinking about. Oh wait. How this is, is going to lose an integral part of the character. How was that tackled later? Did they retconned it King after uh, one more day. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Fucking Mephisto bonged it all away, didn't he? Yep. Kingpin Everything. kills Aunt May. Uh, Aunt May. Yeah. They snipe. Uh, Horrible storyline. Aunt May. Uh, I'll get in. Uh. <laughs> I, I just don't like how they ended up fixing that. It. It was very DC of them. It was very just like oh shit. Like I said, like we weren't thinking about the long haul of this. We just wanted to do a shocking moment for the sake of doing a shocking moment. But so Spider Man reveals his identity as a sign of good faith and to help corral more people to Iron Man's side. Uh, but he ends up becoming more conflicted with this after, like you said, after the death of Goliath. This that like ends up splitting the teams even in, more. Even more, you have people switching sides now and giving up. Um, and this uh, story arc is where like I, Captain America gives one of my favorite speeches to Spider Man. Oh yeah, yeah. About how you know when the world tells you to move, you plant your foot like a tree next to the river of freedom and say, no, you move. Just an awesome piece of writing there. So Spider-Man ends up switching sides to Captain America's side and in turn, Iron Man's team, and I think, and I think this is when Iron Man's team lost a lot of supporters in the realm of the comic books, is when they enlist the help of supervillains. Yep. The Thunderbolts and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And had them go after Iron, uh, uh, Spider-Man. Which was uh, when the uh, Punisher showed up, actually. He showed up and he killed... Uh, Jack Jes- lantern And Jester. Yeah. <laughs> I felt bad for Jack lantern although there's plenty of Goblin-like. There's always going to always be another Jack lantern anyway. Yeah, it's, it's funny because <laughs> you just see the pumpkin explode. Yeah, for all you know. Um, and that introduces Frank Castle into the whole fold. Um, Who does a couple important things and then gets kicked out promptly. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, well, he gets a very nice welcome when he brings half dead Peter Parker back. Uh huh. Yeah. It, they don't reveal it in the mainstream comic, but uh, he has this really weird hero worship thing with. I mean, they reveal that he has a hero worship thing with Captain America, but it isn't revealed that he met the commie smasher Captain America from uh, the Vietnam War era, mm-hmm. who was a total dick. <laughs> he, uh, you definitely get a sense of that. Um, but he brings Spider-Man back over, and, and Spider-Man heals, and now he's on Team Cap, which 
gosh, can you imagine the fucking regret he has? Oh, yeah. Whoops, sorry, family and friends. <laughs> sorry, I kind of fucked you all over. <laughs> sure and it was, such a, it was such an unnecessary move. When we talk about the ending, it's so unnecessary, and it was so just like, huh? There were parts that were really like, you can understand where Iron Man's coming from, but then he took really bizarre steps, like... Convoluted and... Yeah, and like, oh, let's create a giant interdimensional prison to put them all in, including the ones that are, you know, heroes that just don't want to reveal their secret identity because they're scared of their... Like, I could understand... Oh, by the way, I'm going to be the one holding on to all these secret identities. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Me and the government. Um, and it's not going to be made public knowledge and, and all this other stuff. You can definitely see the big difference between the current Captain America, or the current Iron Man at the time, the 6 and 6 Iron Man, how different he was from the uh, cinematic universe mm-hmm. Iron Man. Like, he's a much more likable guy in the cinematic universe. Mm-hmm. You have to have him be more likable. Yeah. You mean you have him being a leading man and all that? That's true. Um, would, you, would you guys agree that uh, Spider-Man's overall arc in this is probably one of the more interesting arcs? It was the last one I bothered to read. Yeah. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> did you, um, Jeff, did you read any of the, like, Punisher tie-ins? Some, yes. Some of them? How were they? Were they good? I enjoyed them. I don't really... 616 Punisher, I, uh, I just feel like I'm reading, like, the TV version of an R-rated movie because, like, when you read, like, Punisher Max or, like, Marvel Knights Punisher mm-hmm. they have more liberty to do what they want, it's just, oh, it really comes out to shine, especially when he's written by Garth Ennis mm-hmm. and there's this really hardcore murderous, you know, you really see the actual psychopathic inhuman monster <laughs> that the Punisher can be. Well, you kind of see it in, a, in Civil War. Oh, you do. And... <laughs> <laughs> Probably one of the best parts of the whole whole book. They're getting ready. Uh, Team Cap's getting ready for their their big showdown. Uh, they Frank Castle, Punisher, just broke into the Baxter building and gotten the plans for the uh, Phantom Zone and uh, well, not the Phantom Zone. Uh, Number forty two. Thank you. Oh, my nose itches. <laughs> um, and two villains come in, showing that they're going to align themselves with Team Cap. And without even, like, missing a beat, <laughs> Punisher just shoots them. Pulls them both away with twin Uzis. And <laughs> it, there's, just, there's this great panel. It's just, first it's just him sitting there with the smoking guns, and then it's another panel close up of his face just going, what? <laughs> and then Captain America proceeds to beat the living shit out of him. <laughs> but then you, you get a hint of that hero worship mm-hmm. when that's happening, because uh, Captain America's hitting him. He's saying, you know, come on. He's like, you know, why won't you fight me? He says something like, you know, not against you. Uh-huh. And the Captain America just stopped, and he's like, put his guns in the incinerator and get him out of here. <laughs> and that's pretty much the last we see of Punisher until the very end, leading up to the big showdown that ends up destroying a good portion of the city yeah. <laughs> that they're in. Just Midtown. Yeah, I'm sure it happens at least once a week. Yeah, no shit. I mean, in Avengers, you saw the giant body count. Of course, does it turn out only 100-something people died? Something like that. Like, what? I would have guessed at least 2,000 people. <laughs> There's skyscrapers collapsing. Um, 
And this ends up all leading to the big knockdown drag out brawl between Team Iron Man, Team Cap, and at this point, uh, Submariner even comes into oh, the yeah. Atlanteans show up. The Fifty State Initiative recruits show up. It's it just real. Everyone just comes out of the woodwork. Shield agents everywhere. It's like a giant explosion. There had dogs been, and cats living <laughs> together. <laughs> <laughs> there was seriously like over one hundred different individual superheroes like in like one giant spread. It was just, it was and it's excellent artwork too. Now, Tony, you've read a lot of the tie-ins. Does each book? have a different point of view of that big ending battle so you get a more grander scheme of what's going on? Mm. <laughs> Jeff, help me out with that. I would say like a yes and no. Yeah. I mean, they didn't do anything that was... They, they had bits and pieces of it and it would just be like... The, yeah, it's true. They had individuals with individual fights and whatnot. Yeah. But nothing that reflects for the most part on it the wasn't like, story. It, did, it never felt like a, like a huge build up towards that ending battle. I think that's just a mainline thing. Mm-hmm. And, At that uh, point, I would yeah. It's not like uh, it was all like what happened in Blackest Night, where like they had individual fights that didn't necessarily pertain to the main yeah. fight itself. Like where Superman's battling Mom Pa Kent. Yeah, Mom Pa Kent. Give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> uh, comics are stupid. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, this is where where things get dicey yeah. for a lot of people in this storyline is uh, this is where it comes in where the it gets split yeah right like this where, is where the actual civil war with the fans happens yeah okay. this will be a podcast civil war <laughs> um, in the first meeting Iron Man kind of beat the shit out of Captain America this time vice versa mm-hmm. Captain America is kicking the ever loving shit out of Iron Man, like full blown, like broken mask. Yeah, he crushes his helmet. In. Um, and you know, of course, Iron Man gets in line. You know, come on, you know, finish it. And they have I, that one panel where Captain America's holding the shield up, and you see him like considering whether or not he should <laughs> cave his fucking head in. Then he's a Captain America is attacked by civilians and cops and firemen. Yeah, yeah, he's like attacked by like the nine eleven heroes in that statue. Like I didn't understand why was he being tackled by the village people at this point. It was just. <laughs> It was really, I thought that was kind of ham-fisted, overdone at that Hand-fed uh, symbolism? Yeah, exactly. It was just a... Real... No, we never leave downriver. What are we talking about? <laughs> uh, and that's when uh, Cap sort of sees the error of his ways. He sees that upon doing this war, they're not fighting for a greater good. At this point, they're just fighting for fighting, just for the sake of it. And he drops his shield, takes his mask off, and... Tells his team to stand down and surrenders. And then dies. Well, that's... <laughs> <laughs> within, within three issues of... Uh, yeah, I think it was like within the next three issues. Two of they did. Two. No, I don't even think it's that because I actually have uh, the issue right over there and I was looking through it and that issue picks up right yep. after him getting arrested and there's the newsca- uh, newscaster and there's flashbacks of Sharon Carter and when she uh, learned about Captain America and his past and all that and... Then he's, you know, um, so Jeff, why did, what was it aside from the spoon fed symbolism? What was it that made you absolutely hate this ending? Was it I, well, the fact that it was a huge anticlimax, the fact that I felt it was Captain America really acting out of character. Once Captain America 
has his mindset about something, he's not going to just... Pig-headedness. Well, I know, but that's the thing. Like, he's normally not that pig-headed. You can really see Mark Miller's writing in this. Like, it seems Captain America's acting more like his Ultimates version, which he also, which Mark Miller also wrote for. Like, he isn't the stout, you know, sentinel of liberty that stands up for the American people and the ideals for which our country stands. At this point, he's just, you know, barking orders at people and kicking ass, taking names, and being a lot more gung-ho than I'm used to in my Cap storytelling. Like, it wasn't very Brubaker-esque. It was definitely more Ultimate Universe Cap, in my mm-hmm. opinion. And just, do you think that if he was going to do such a serious action as to split the superhero community down the middle and be at war with the government, he would realize that he might end up getting civilians hurt or killed in the process? And the fact that he didn't come to this conclusion beforehand, I thought was... Are you talking about Cap Cap not coming to this conclusion? Yeah. Or are you talking about Miller? Cap. Cap. <laughs> okay. okay, both of them. <laughs> but really, it just, you know, I just felt that that wasn't the best writing or the best way to end a story. But maybe he just they couldn't come up with a different way to end it. I don't know. You don't think that Cap giving up was a good ending and that's why? Yeah, I don't think it was a well-written ending. I don't think it was in character for Cap. And I didn't like it because it was also an anti-climax. You didn't think that Cap surrendering was in character with Cap? Yes. I don't I'm just going to sit back here. <laughs> in character in character with the patriotic fighter that Cap is, when he sees that there's people from New York trying to stop him from doing what he's doing and realizing that he's fighting technically on the wrong side. Well, if... This is where Captain America we're talking about. He realized beforehand which side he was fighting on. And just because he's fought against American people before anyways. I mean, there's been times when he's cracked people's skulls when they were writing <laughs> what night and whatnot. And but I, the, the, do you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. the, it, it's not... I don't think it's out of character. I mean, I, I feel that it's, it's more in character than Cap was for a few years in the comics. I don't know. I've read the entire, most of the 90s and the early 2000s run. I just, uh, I don't think that it would be in character for him to make a decision and then give up on it. Because I don't think he would see, he wouldn't have the error of his ways to see in the first place. Because Cap is perfect. <laughs> and he can't do any work. The reason, the reason I don't understand is like, it, it's pretty much this, this, this foresight right now is I'm I'm seeing one side and I go okay well I think that this is the Captain America that I know he would surrender after realizing okay I thought I was fighting for the good the good fight the reason why I should fight but then I realized that it was completely going against everything that America wants and actually needs so I'll drop my weapons surrender and not let my pride be the fall of myself. Well, that's the thing. I don't think a fireman, a policeman, an Indian, and a leather man would be tackling him in the first place because I don't th- think the public would ever go against Captain America. Are you thinking... Are even, you... even even in the light of something as massively destructive as a... I don't, I don't even know how to describe it. A school nuclear bombing? Yeah. And uh, they've capsided with, with, with the... the outlaw um, superheroes, then out of fear of shit like this happening, they wouldn't go against Captain America? Well, if they're acting out of fear, they wouldn't be tackling Captain America. 
I think they would. <laughs> I don't think so. I just thought that was totally out of character. I don't think people wait, would be getting involved. Oh, out of character, out of character of... for people, for the general public, to be tackling people in the middle of a superhuman brawl, <laughs> they just suddenly decide to get involved. Like, I just thought that was an overplayed metaphor. It just wasn't well done. Do you? I, I want to say something, but I don't want to bring in real life. Do you? Shit. Are you saying uh, part of your? Are, I'm trying to understand like both sides here, and part of what I think where Jeff's coming from is, regardless of the situation, if Captain America thought that the overall spirit and um, feeling of America was in jeopardy, freedom itself, no matter what the cost or, or what the reason, he would fight against it. It's whole that it's that whole thing of. Um, freedom versus security. Definitely. And, uh, but I see where Tony's coming from where he's saying that Captain America, he doesn't feel would, lo- would, uh, would always have the people's best interest in heart regardless of how he feels, regardless of whether it was right or wrong. In the end, he would still have America's best interest. And he, at the end, he sees that them fighting is not in America's best interest, it's not in the people's best interest because they're just causing more strife and reasoning for the the registration and all that. Well, that's the thing. I don't think the Registration Act was the best thing for the nation in the first place. It was a huge breach in civil liberties. <laughs> well, now, wait a second. <laughs> well, so, I don't think it was a good idea either. I mean, that, I don't know if that has to be said. Are we going into this? I don't, I don't know. Well, I mean, I, I think in? that Captain America wouldn't give up on it. Because he oh, should, I see where you're going. He would realize there'd be a lot of collateral damage in the first place. And it, he wouldn't jump into this without realizing the consequences of what he could be doing, is what I'm saying. So being, atta- you know, being tackled by a populace acting out of fear wouldn't sway him necessarily. Okay, so it's not technically what you're saying is not it's not out of character for the people, it's still out of character for Captain America. Yeah, I still just felt he was acting out of character. Okay, that I, we come back to the my view of Captain America might be different than your view. Which is fine. I mean we agree to disagree. My it's, cap's it's, not your cap. That's right. Don't get me wrong, I love the ass kicking name taken ultimate cap. Mm-hmm. But I don't think he's six one six cap. I don't think it should be written that way. Do you? Would you have been more accepting of it if it did take place in the Ultimate Universe? Oh, and that was most definitely just the, the stuff that Ultimate Cap did. I love like he's more of a gung ho sir, yes sir, so ass kicker for the United States government. Which, you're saying like if you're gonna have a six one six cap and an Ultimate Cap, keep them separate. I don't want you know. I don't want my mashed potatoes with, with my corn. Exactly. <laughs> I want to keep everything <laughs> separate. You can... Uh, that is, yeah, that is basically what I'm saying. Okay. I just felt there was inconsistent writing for the character, in my opinion. I'm not going to... This is, of course, only me speaking my opinion. <laughs> so, yeah, you're saying that throughout the whole story, he's acting like the 616, and then suddenly he... Or acting like the ultimate, then suddenly at the end, he's like, it's oh, like by he's, the way... Yeah, it's like he woke up from a bad dream and he was under a spell or something. It was really strange. Okay. What you didn't know was Enchantress was behind the whole thing. <laughs> if they did that, I wouldn't even be surprised. <laughs> um, she was really mad about Loki. <laughs> like, I'm never going to say Civil War was a bad story. I thought it was a really excellent story that hit on a lot with of... With some ideas not maybe executed yeah, to their it, it was fullest. A, a good but flawed story. 
is how I feel. Okay. I, I, can, I can get on board with that, actually. And I can understand why that would be with so many characters to put into one story. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they had to make a multi-tie-in event with all these different storylines. You think it would have benefited if it was more, maybe instead of a seven-issue run, they just did like a year-long issue run? Yeah. And maybe incorporate all those parts of those other stories into it? Yeah, definitely. That's just something they don't do anymore, really, though. Like, Well, I mean, with Battle World, how long has that been going on? Mm-hmm. But yeah, normally stuff is wrapped up within five to seven issues, like everything with Crisis in it. <laughs> Tony, do you have another rebuttal? <laughs> I'm. No, no, we're, we're just going back and forth. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, I see it this way. Well, I see it this way. Yeah, our our views are. I think right now, right now, we're pulling the Iron Man and Cap situation. <laughs> where our views are getting in the way. We can't have an actual discussion about it. And it, it has been nice having two such uh, separate opinions clash on this. This here little show. And he hasn't even killed me with the uh, dragons or No. Um, but it's on its way. <laughs> I summoned it. I think, <laughs> I think one, of the, one of the, as far as I can tell, one of the biggest issues, I think, overall with uh, Civil War in the end was the fact that they, they said it was this huge event that was going to change the Marvel Universe forever. And, and I, I mean, I'm pretty sure if you pick up a Marvel comic now, there's no... Well, not now because they're doing Civil War too. But <laughs> if you pick up a Marvel comic like a couple years after that, there's probably not a whole lot of footprints no. left I mean, from the whole thing. It had a lasting effect, but it only lasted about five years. Like there was the uh, mm. Avengers Initiative, which I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the other, you know, that's when they launched like all the different Avengers teams. Tons books, of them. like the West Mighty Coast a- Secret Avengers, Mighty Avengers, Dark mm. Avengers, Dark Avengers. Yes, was there uh, West Coast Avengers? Was that I think East and West Coast Avengers happened before Civil War. Okay. Huh. So many Avengers. The rosters just got too big. This was also when, uh, at the end of the I book... I like New Avengers, too. New Avengers was good. Yeah. I like that one. And another... Uh, towards the end of the book, this is when Spider-Man decided he was going to go in his black costume again. And yeah, because he goes, he goes off... He goes fucking AWOL when uh, Aunt May dies. And also, Spider-Man 3 was coming out, so Marvel wanted to push that black costume. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um... Overall, I, I think Civil War, I don't think it's a must that you read the book before you go see the movie because oh, the movie no. is going to be entirely different. They have different. little in common, to be honest. Yeah, very Besides little. the core theme. But if Even you, the core theme. If you maybe want to get a different viewpoint on it or a different story kind of involving that If you want to see if you can still read. If you, <laughs> if you want to test your reading skills. Or you can see, uh, or if you want to see where they get the inspiration and mm-hmm. see where it differs. Yeah. Write a paper comparing the uh, similarities and the differences. <laughs> Have it on my desk by a Monday. Bunch, bunch of both. <laughs> Three page paper, double spaced. <laughs> I need typewriter. Reference APA format. <laughs> it's see a cast of uh, what? 12 or 14 mm-hmm. superhumans versus a cast of uh, over 100, 100 plus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. You're going to see where there's going to be some uh, differences. Mm-hmm. I mean, just in the teams alone. Yeah. There's differences and just the fact that. Uh, secret identities aren't really part of it, which they're not as huge of a part in Civil War as I remember them being. A lot of it is just to do with that whole like it was really policing weird. the superheroes. Yep. It was really weird in that one uh, part where they're they're getting the Young Avengers. Is that what their name yeah. were? They're breaking them out, and Rogers is driving the like 
the giant whatever it is containment uh-huh. unit thing, and like the one guy's like talking shit about the superheroes. I'm like, what? That's Captain America. I was like, <laughs> oh yeah, wait, no, I forgot. They don't, they don't know that's Captain America here. Oh, another point I'd like to make. I loved Maria Hill. Is so different in the comics. She's a complete like, bitch in I the know, comics. I love her. <laughs> she's very unlikable. I love it. You're weird. Well, she's just smoking hot in the comics too. She's just that that short. Haircut. Oh yeah, just bossing men around. It goes back to the whole like I think you have to try to make these characters a little bit more likable on screen yeah, for she, the general she, public. She was definitely made not to be like no. She's hardcore shield agent, you know. Serious. I could or, see Kobe Smithers though pulling that out, like in something like the Civil War. All of a sudden, Maria Hill because Nick Fury's gone. All of a sudden, takes up the the reins of this uh, superhero registration act. <laughs> And she becomes that bitch Maria, uh, Maria Hill that we know from I the comics. Well, there's, there's, there's kind of hints to it in the first Avengers yeah. movie. Little, like, uh, winks and nods to it. Not so much in uh, Age of Ultron. No. Um, or, uh, she's more buddy-buddy with them in Age of Ultron. Yeah. And in, and in uh, Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier, definitely. Well, she's definitely hardcore in it, but she's not, you know... She gives me a funny orders. feeling in Age of Ultron. <laughs> like, she's only doing it to keep low-key... Loki, Loki the character Loki. <laughs> to keep L-O-W. tabs on them. She's only doing it to keep tabs on them. So you're saying yeah. she was Loki in disguise the whole time? <laughs> Damn it again! <laughs> He's a tricky one. That's why they call him the trickster. <laughs> well, I think that will uh, suffice for the Civil yes. War episode. We made um, too far. I'm going to bed. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, it was fun while it lasted. Uh, That's what we'll, she said. <laughs> We will be back next week with our Winter Soldier review. Ah, uh, yeah. Who's ready for that? I am. I am. I've watched <laughs> it three times already. Jesus. <laughs> I'm watching it right now in my noodle. Don't forget uh, to follow us on Twitter at Kapowcast. Uh, look us up on Facebook, Kapowcast2015. We also have an Instagram. What's the Instagram? Uh, Kapowcast. Oh, Go figure. <laughs> <laughs> and don't forget to check us out every Sunday on the Pod Bros Podcasting Network where our new shows go up. Uh, we appreciate it if you check it out there and and give those guys the support. Um, that they so much deserve. So much deserve because it's, it's, I imagine it's hard work. Uh, especially you have to <laughs> listen. I, I, imagine, I imagine it's hard work. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine. Uh, especially since, you know, they got to, I don't know if he goes through and listens to everything. He and, does. He pretty much does. And if yeah. he has to sit through this show every week, God bless him. That's that's why I try to be fun. This is because I know John has to sit there and listen <laughs> to us. And now he's got another baby, so... Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully she likes podcasts. <laughs> he makes I, me I, listen to it when she's going to sleep. I was about to say, I heard that he puts a pair of headphones on her tummy when she was still in there and had her listen to it. God, I hope room. it wasn't our show. <laughs> she comes out just saying, fuck, fuck, fuck. <laughs> All right, until next week, I'm Mike. I'm Tony. And I'm Jeff. Register. <laughs> we'll Wait. see you. Registered. <laughs> I, I saw the error of my ways. <laughs> he was tackled by the village people. <laughs> we will see you next week on the podcast.